Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. California's eviction moratorium expires tomorrow, and that means that for the first time in over a year, landlords can legally evict tenants for not paying rent. But throughout the pandemic, many immigrant tenants in the Bay Area have been getting evicted anyway, even if they're covered by state and local protections. What the stories of immigrants who have been displaced during the pandemic, what what they really show is that housing is also an immigration story. Today, the immigrants who've been evicted during California's eviction moratorium. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. For most of the year, really, I've heard a lot of people warning of the eviction crisis on the horizon. And from my vantage point, hearing stories of Latino and Mayan immigrants in the Bay Area throughout the past year, um, the eviction crisis is clearly already here. Madeline Baer is the founding director of El Timpano. So El Timpano is a local news and civic engagement organization serving Latino and Mayan immigrants in the Bay Area. And while we provide local news and information, our audience also responds with their questions and stories. And since the start of the pandemic, the most common question that we've received from our audience is, where can I find help to pay my bills? We've also heard numerous versions of, do you know how I can find affordable housing or where I can find affordable housing? Um, Or, my landlord has threatened to evict me, what should I do? Hola, Virves. 
Birbes is a father who immigrated from Guatemala with two daughters who are now 11 and 15 about two and a half years ago. Back home, um, he has a wife and four other children. Oh, hay dos niños, dos, dos niñas todavía. He's in the process of applying for asylum and he works at a car, a car wash in Pleasanton. La pandemia nos fue un poco mal, pero no, no hubo ayuda, no... Y el trabajo donde estoy, como es un trabajo, ah, no es muy importante, pues, y entonces, ah, por eso, básicamente fue cerrado. He left Guatemala fleeing organized crime that had taken over his town and, and was threatening him and his family with violence. So we're just using his first name to protect him. Since he immigrated, he had been living with in-laws that he had in Oakland, uh, living in an apartment in Fruitvale that was shared by two other families, uh, which included seven other kids and a couple. Mi cuñada, dos cuñados con su familia. Uno tiene como tres niñas, tres niños, el otro tiene cuatro, pero en un cuarto nomás están ellos. Pues. Birbes and his daughters were living in the living room and it was not comfortable, but they generally didn't have problems and had a good deal on rent. They were paying about $500 plus utilities. So tell me the story about how he ended up getting evicted from that living situation. So suddenly, about uh, four months ago, his landlord told his in-laws that it was illegal for him to live in, in the living room. Que, que tiene que salir inmediato porque si no le va a caer la ley y que iban a, a mí me iban a mandar en la cárcel solo por vivir en la sala y a mis niñas que lo iban a mandar para el gobierno o no sé, así me dijo. Entonces, no... And that he could get sent to jail and that his daughters would be taken away from him and placed in an orphanage if authorities found out that he was living there. This is not true. Um, it is not illegal to, to live in a, in a living room. But this is what he was told. And he really stressed out, as you can imagine. And he said, you know, can you give me more time? I, I can't afford to find a place immediately. Um, can, can you give me another month to, to move out? But they said, no, you have to move out by the end of the month, which was less than two weeks from then. And his daughters heard that threat and this conversation as well. So, you know, it was, it was his stress and the stress of his 15 and 11-year-old daughters. Birbes had been sending money back home to his family, but because uh, he lost income during the pandemic, um, his family in Guatemala wound up being displaced too. Part of the money that he sent to them went to pay a monthly extortion fee um, that was demanded by the local criminal gang. And because they couldn't pay it, they had to abandon their home. And so his wife and kids are now living across the border in the Mexican state of Chiapas, where they're now living as undocumented immigrants. What is it about Birbes' situation that made him particularly vulnerable to eviction? 
you know, the eviction moratorium and particularly the ones in place in Alameda County and Oakland are quite strong in terms of offering tenant protection. But what we've seen from Birabes and so many other stories that that El Timpano has heard from our, our audience is that protections on paper don't necessarily add up to protections in practice. And there are several factors that make Birbes particularly vulnerable. One is that Birbes is an immigrant and one without legal documentation here. Many immigrants are either unaware of their rights or assume that legal rights do not apply to them. And oftentimes landlords know this and take advantage of them by threatening them with an eviction and simply assuming, often correctly, that a threat alone will force the tenants out. Another factor is that, you know, not only is Birres undocumented in terms of his immigration status, but he's also undocumented in terms of his tenant status. Many immigrants working in minimum wage jobs, you know, because of the housing crisis in the Bay Area, they're only able to afford a situation like he was living in. Um, renting a room or renting a living space, renting a shared studio, really in overcrowded conditions. And in a lot of these cases, they're never provided with an official lease or contract. And so again, because they're not on the official lease, they assume that tenant rights don't apply to them. The story of Virbes is a story of unofficial eviction. And in the course of the past year, El Timpano has heard from dozens of residents who have been displaced due to the financial crisis of the pandemic. So after he was evicted from his in-law's house, where did he go? Birbes told me that he went to numerous apartments looking for a new place, but was turned away as soon as he said that he had two daughters. Places told him that they would take him alone or they would take him with one daughter, but not with both. Se miran muchos niños, entonces, ¿por qué a ellas no aceptan ninguna renta? Y si te vas a otras casas, niños jugando, muchos, tres, cuatro, cinco niños. He finally found a place in East Oakland that accepted them. But once they moved in, the main tenant complained that his daughters made too much noise during the day. And he said, well, they're, they're kids. They, they have to attend virtual schooling. So they're at home during the day and, and they have to be active when they're doing that. You know, what, what do you expect me to do? But they kept complaining, and he said, you know, even if his daughters just tried watching a video on their phone at night, they would complain. Y sin, y una vez, como las 10, 11, ella puso su, un video en su celular y me llamó el marido de la señora que hablara a ella que baja el volumen del celular, pero es un celular, no es un... So he said he felt like they were living in a, a prison. After two months, they left. They weren't able to get their security deposit back. And fortunately, one of his daughters told him that there was a room available in an apartment where her friend lived in the Allendale neighborhood of Oakland. And so they moved there in the summer. 
Um, and when I talked to him there, he said he had high hopes that it, it would work out. Based on what you said earlier, it seems like Beerbest technically does have some protections against evictions and in Alameda County, but in practice, it hasn't really helped him or his family so far. Is he eligible for any financial assistance, whether it's from the state or at the local level? Beerbest is eligible for financial assistance. The problem is you know, what we've seen in his case and from so many other people is that a lot of those programs simply aren't getting to those who need it. There are numerous programs out there offering rental assistance to low-income tenants who are affected by COVID. Um, so that, you know, that is Beerbest's situation. The most robust one is the federal rent relief, which is being administered by various state and local governments. But Birbis has not been able to access it. He says that, you know, he doesn't know what to do when he sent a link to go to a website to apply online. He's tried calling phone numbers that, that people have provided him. Um, but he said he's just kind of taken through a labyrinth of a voicemail system and is unable to actually reach a person who can help him. So he's essentially given up. Beerbus' story is far from unique. Madeline has talked with lots of other Latino immigrants in the East Bay who have faced eviction this past year and who have faced a lot of barriers to getting rental assistance. You know, earlier this summer, uh, we were invited to a church service at St. Elizabeth's Church in Fruitvale, where I was invited to get up to the podium on a Sunday morning, uh, right before Mass started, and um, introduce myself, introduce El Timpano, and share, you know, a little bit about who we are and what we do. And um, my colleague Vanessa Nava joined me. So after service, people came up to us. And I recall that, you know, a, a gentleman came up to me and, and said, hey, you know, I, when is there going to be rent relief for I, I, I need rental assistance? Do you know how I can find that? Again, that's the number one question that community members have asked us. There are, you know, numerous challenges that people have articulated to us. Um, one, you know, such as in, in Birbes' case, is that for a lot of people, just the application itself is, is challenging. If you uh, are not digitally savvy, if you don't have a home computer, if you're not used to filling out online forms, that, you know, that is the primary way that you're asked to uh, apply. So that, that is one barrier. Um, but there are many others. A lot of these programs ask for documentation, such as documentation from your employer, documentation from your landlord. And a lot of people have told us, 
Like either I don't have that documentation because again, I'm not on an official lease or, you know, my landlord or my employer doesn't want to participate in this. They're not helping me by providing the information that's, that is asked. In having these conversations, what do you think needs to happen in order for these tenants to get the the help that they need? What we've found from all of these stories that community members have shared with us is that when these systems and programs are designed for scale, which, you know, the federal rent relief program is designed for scale. It's designed to reach tens of thousands of people. Um, But when it's designed for scale, it's not going to reach the people who need it most. I can say, you know, some of the experiences that community members have shared with us over the course of the pandemic um, in which they have actually accessed financial assistance is when it has come from community organizations. Um, And so there have been, you know, uh, several initiatives. Um, you know, I know there was one run by Centro Legal de la Raza. There was financial assistance offered by Homies Empowerment, which is a grassroots organization based in East Oakland. Um, and, you know, other assistance administered by Mujeres Unidas y Activas, which is a grassroots organization. And so while that assistance is you know, very small in terms of the amount given, Um, you know, it has provided relief and it does show that, you know, it it is organizations that are in the community, that that know the communities that are are working directly with um, some of the most marginalized community members that that are able to to get that sort of aid to to community members who, who really need it. All of this has been happening um, even as we've had, as we've mentioned, the state and local eviction protections. What do you think this story shows about what will happen when the statewide moratorium does expire tomorrow? Yeah, well, I mean, I do want to emphasize that there are still local tenant protections in place. And so, you know, residents at least of Oakland and Alameda County are protected by the local eviction moratoriums, which are still in place. But as I've as I've shared, those protections have not been enough to to protect um, many residents and particularly immigrant residents. And one thing, if if any, is that what we have seen in terms of the experiences that many of the immigrant tenants who who have shared their stories with El Timpano have faced um, is that this is really a precursor of what many more communities may experience when the eviction moratoriums expire. You know, I, I think what Birbes's story, what the stories of um, of immigrants who have been displaced during the pandemic, what, what they really show is that it, housing is also an immigration story. We see people displaced because they are immigrants, because their immigration status has forced them into low-wage jobs, because their low-wage jobs, because their inability to access financial assistance has forced them into overcrowded housing. And because they are in overcrowded housing, they're more vulnerable to to displacement and to abuse. 
and they're often you know, afraid to fight back when, when threatened with a violation of their rights. And so I, I think it's a really important aspect of the housing crisis that, that we really need to understand better is, is how our country's immigration policies impact the housing crisis that, that our region is experiencing. Madeline, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to Madeline Baer, founding director of El Timpano. We'll leave you a link to their website in our show notes. This episode was produced and cut by our editor, Alan Montecilio, and it was scored by Arati Bonamuri, who also added the tape. Special thanks as well to Carlos Cabrera Lomeli for the extra assist with the translations, and to Aaron Baldessari for recording some of the interviews you heard in this story. We also got help from Erica Kelly and Molly Solomon. The Bay is a production of your local public media station, KQED. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Bay KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.